Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. William, it's so good to see you. Morning, Drew. Good to see you as well. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, been long awaiting, long awaiting this. So I want to uh, quell my anticipation because uh, I've been <laughs> so you know what? Tell I know you're into so many new things now, and I know you had gotten to mindset years ago, working with men too, a long time well, before it was you know the thing to do. Because uh, God knows men yeah, need late, help right now. Late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, so. that, that that impressed the heck out of me. So, you know, to, in this, I want to talk about. I want I want to be able to capture the essence of William Grace Frost in this episode, and so I'd like you to reach back in your life, and think of some of the moments and challenges you've gone through growing up. Um, that have led you to where you are in that nonlinear fashion that life is. And we'll go f- start from there. All right. All right. I would describe myself uh, in the past as having been a, a slow learner. Mm-hmm. I, I think of uh, the insights that I've gotten uh, have not come through uh, a lot of ease. I, I think of it as having a lot of wax over the head. <laughs> you know, it took a two, you know, a tough, tough learning, you know, it's like yep. a two by four over the head to get me to really wake up to the I next level of my development or whatever. Um, you know, it was a long journey. I mean, I think it's important to say that, you know, I grew up in the 50s and 60s, you know, mm-hmm. stereotypical rural upbringing, you know, distant, emotionally repressed father, you know, a good man, but, you know, didn't have any emotional intelligence at all um you know quiet dutiful mother just very traditional kind of Mm -hmm. thing and you know as a generation of um you know boys don't cry uh showing your feelings is weakness Uh, the way to deal with emotions is to either stuff them or tough it out and i was an athlete also uh and so um you know i got a lot of that same kind of reinforcement uh, there um you know my dad's favorite saying to me about feelings was a man never shows his feelings on his sleeve now i'm not sure exactly what that meant or where he got that from but (laughs) you know the the idea was stuff it you know don't show anything it's it's not what a man does um problem was you know i was a really sensitive kid i had lots of feelings Um, and so you know since they weren't really allowed it wasn't safe at home to do that so i had to press them uh, suppress them as right. best i could so the the short story is uh, i turned to alcohol as many young people do and um, it wasn't until my late 20s um, that i took a big whack on the head <laughs> uh, it took getting fired from a job uh, dumped by my girlfriend you know finally got help and got sober when i was about 28. so i was first introduced to um, group work or emotional intelligence, you know, during treatment and and in my first AA meetings, where where people were were being authentic, you know, they were being honest, and you know, it really freaked me out at first. You know, it's like uh, <laughs> I can't believe people are being that vulnerable and and sharing that. That kind was probably of, stuff uh, you were craving for years. 
that that oh yeah community. it was a great relief it's yeah. an incredible relief at, mm -hmm. at the same time mm -hmm. you know and it gave me permission to get honest myself so yeah. Um, and then in those early days of sobriety, I was introduced to Daniel Goldman's book on emotional intelligence. Yes. I read Robert Bly's Iron John. I uh, became aware of the men's movement. You know, in the mid 80s, I was exposed to men expressing their feelings and, wow. and being okay with it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was that was the first big transitional time. Okay. So then, uh, you know, I started the traditional route. I got married. I got another degree. I had three sons. I wrote a master's thesis on nurturing creative behavior. And that led me into the world of group facilitation and coaching. And I uh, I was a hungry learner. You know, I took every certification course I could find. I went through a handful of leadership programs. I, I developed a wide tool belt and deep of, of knowledge and techniques and I did really well with that. I made a lot of money and um, I became a workaholic. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> went from the alcoholic to the workaholic, right? right. Uh, so I took another whack on the head, you know, another two by four. I woke up disillusioned with the emptiness of being at the top. I really made it to the top of my business. And I ended up leaving the business, having what I think of as an emotional breakdown, ended in a bitter divorce, became a single dad of three young boys, and, and really midlife crisis. Yeah. Classic, you know, unsure of who I was or where to turn. Uh, I briefly uh, considered suicide. I was really depressed, uh, but I found my way into a men's support group instead. Oh, great. Did you ever and, think and, about and, the alcohol piece again, or did you, were you able to... You know, during that uh, divorce time and all that upheaval, yeah. uh, I actually started drinking again for about six, six to nine months or so. And then um, uh, my current wife, a uh, woman, came along, and I was very fortunate and found a good woman who wanted the best for me. And she didn't judge me, but she just looked at me. She said, I know you used to be sober. Do you really want to be drinking? And I looked at her and I said, no. I guess I don't. And I stopped. And so now it's been another 20 years of God bless. Uh, okay. of wow. sobriety. Um, hey, you, yeah, you, you <clears throat> God sent somebody into your life who was meant to be there for you. Yeah, I think of that as uh, the biggest grace. I mean, I've had a lot of grace in my life where I feel like I've been given gifts that, you know, in my own mind, I didn't deserve. Right. Obviously, you know, I did deserve them, but yeah. we all do. Um but when we got married, in my second marriage, uh, both my wife and I took the middle name of Grace. So she's Kiana you. Grace Frost, and I'm William Grace Frost. Yeah, I changed my middle name to Grace. I love that. That's awesome. Wow. So, yeah, I have a question for you. So I, I grew up in the 80s, and so I was unaware that there was that men's movement of it's okay to, uh, you know, uh, show your feelings. So uh, what happened why didn't the that stuff in the 80s like carry through to now because well it has now. carried through to now <laughs> i haven't i mean in, in your well you know what it is you've you were in that uh community for for this so it was there but people like me now didn't know that community existed like why wouldn't i know it because i wasn't looking for it i guess 
Yeah, they say the you know the teacher shows up when when you're ready. Yeah, that's um, a good point. And uh, yeah. so either you're not looking or you're not ready, or um, you know maybe, maybe you know there certainly there's men who don't need it. You know. They're, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because I mean, I don't, other, I don't other know men any, are... I don't know any of them personally. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. But yeah, there are people who've told me, Drew, it's it's been there. Men have been helping men, and I I just didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, and I could use it. I, I've been part of the uh, the national or international group called the Mankind Project. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar you, with that you or mentioned not. Mentioned that to me, and I did look. I did read a little. Yeah, bit. it's been around thirty some years or something or other. Um, but a, a small group of men looked around at the U.S. and said, uh, "You know what's what's missing, and why are men so kind of messed up and angry, and you know, creating problems in the world." And what they came to was the lack of the rites of passage uh, right. movement from when a young man moves through puberty and into adulthood. Yeah. Um, there, there's no real um, take, taking him by the hand by adult elders, you know, elders in the community and saying, you're ready to be a man. We're going to take you now out to the wilderness for three days and you sit there by yourself and then we're going to teach you what it is to be a man. And when you come back into the community, you're going to have a name, you're going to have a, a purpose uh, and you're going to have a group of men to support you mm -hmm. in growing into your own mastery. So uh, they started a weekend rites of passage program for adult men. Mm -hmm. And then they realized there needed to be ongoing work with that. So they started what they call integration groups or I groups. And I've been a part of one of those I groups since 2007. So every single week, just like as if I was in AA, and, and this is my my AA support, if you will, is I sit with a group of men who are honest with each other, vulnerable with each other, sharing feelings and doing transformational work with each other to be better men, better fathers, better husbands, better better sons, better lovers, better whatever. Wow. So it's it's there and um uh it's it's in lots of different cities. You can find it. Just go to mkpusa.org and okay. you can learn more about it and see what's locally available. Um and I, I think of it as as just being my my rock. It's my Monday night rock in my week. And uh I I stand on it and I stand on the shoulders of all the men who've come before me, who have stood in circles like that for, for ages. Um, and, uh, and we, we stand strong so that young men can stand on our shoulders uh, and no, pass it on. I mean, we, we all need a community like that. And, uh, you know, the youth now, especially, uh, you know, what, what happened with the pandemic and you're seeing so many youths who are, were on lockdown and not be able mm -hmm. to be who they were and you know girls and boys and the ramifications the mental health ramifications we haven't even seen them yet no uh, we've seen i don't think we can even imagine them no no i mean there are my, my really two know. boys definitely were affected negatively uh from it one was a class of 2020 in high school robbed mm. of that whole thing mm. and, and mm. my daughter was in eighth grade she was robbed of her graduation 
had you know middle son you know mm. baseball canceled for the high school year it was oh. you know it's it's those kind of things but you know <laughs> we, we all need support william i'm telling you uh, i probably would have turned to drinking and drugs a oh. lot earlier if, if i had you I'm know don't you. i don't want to put that in the world that, that that's what what's going to happen to those kids but i just no. can't imagine myself losing that absolutely at that absolutely. time it was so important to me absolutely so um as you got older did you get a chance to talk with your dad about feelings emotions as you learned all this stuff and know that knew that it was out there and it's okay it is okay did that ever happen i i, I did uh i a couple different things happened with my dad my dad was a um, a drinker i considered him a, a working alcoholic you know he got up and went to work every day and, you know, managed, you know, uh, a life. And from the outside, nobody would think anything different. But um, I asked him to come into a therapy session with me somewhere when I was starting to wake up in my late 20s. Mm -hmm. And he, he came to be with me. And I had a list of 10 things that I wanted from him. Mm -hmm. um, and my therapist helped me, you know, make that list and then ask him and said, um, I want you to, um, when I call on the phone, I want to be able to talk with just you without mom on the other end. Mm. Uh, I want to, you know, to have a correspondence. This is pre-computers. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I want to get letters from you. I want to be able to write back and forth. Um, when we come together, I don't want to shake your hand. I want to hug. I had, I had learned to hug by then and, and, oh. uh, um, I want you to stop smoking. I want you to stop drinking. I want you to take a vacation with just me. He and I had never spent, you know, like a week together, just the oh, two of us. And okay. um, and the last thing I asked him, and by this time, I'm, I'm tears just pouring out of my eyes. I'm just sobbing. And, and uh, he's sitting there very stoically. Uh, and I said to him, and do you realize I've never seen you cry? And he was quiet. And he looked at me and he said, I'll be damned if you ever will. And my therapist broke, he was great. He, he, he broke the energy of the moment. He says, uh, William, your dad's real clear about that. And here's the great thing is that I got nine of those things that I asked for. Yeah. Okay. And, and the last one, I, he he passed before I ever did see him cry. Wow, um, nine out of ten, man. That that yeah. But the last ten years of his life, he died early at seventy-five, oh, uh, and from sixty-five to seventy-five, um, he stopped smoking and stopped drinking, right. and it opened the door for us to have uh, a connected, emotionally centered relationship. He, um, it it wasn't perfect, uh, sure. but I got more from him in those 10 years. And I think I did in the previous 50 or whatever it was. Um, and um, yeah, I was able to mourn the loss of him mm -hmm. right. in, in that current stage rather right. than right. mourning, having never had a father Absolutely. Well, that I, I connected you, with. Give you a lot of credit for, for being that courageous. Cause that was, that was courage, William. Because, yeah. you know, 
I'm sure you had an expectation of what the response was going to be. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I had no idea, really. No, you didn't. Yeah. Oh, it was good you did yeah. it with the therapist there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Therapist broke the ice, man. Sometimes humor is is such a blessing, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me more about your the group work and, and what you're doing now. I You had a few transitions since then. And uh, I, w I would love to hear, you know, all the different transitions you've had and, and, and what you're doing now. You know, one of the big transitions was moving out of the corporate work uh, and um, really took about six years off uh, primarily to uh, be at home with my, my three sons at the time. Um, which I'll, I'll never regret having that time with That's them. Um, but the divorce was bitter. It, it, it really put schisms between myself and my sons and, um, and within myself as well. <clears throat> a lot of, a lot of deep questioning about who I was and why I'm here and such. And it was around that time that I did get into the mankind project. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge shift for me because I now had this regular group of men that I could sit with. And because I was, I, I moved like five times to five different cities around the country for various reasons. And there was a group of uh, MKP in every one of those cities. So within a week of moving to a new place, I had a group of men that I could call brother and they welcomed me and all of me was welcome to show up. My shame, my fear, my grief, my joys, you know, everything, all the ugliness of, and it was all welcome. And I think you mentioned at one point you had those suicidal ideations. Was it during the divorce period? Yeah. And the yeah. men's group where they were able to help you? You know, I turned to um, two, three really uh, good friends good. at that point. I was not part of the group at that time. Okay. Um, but I turned to uh, uh, some some men who I could, and, and two of them just let me sit in their arms and cry. God bless them. You know, awesome. just just the grief. And um, it, actually, my very first therapy session way back in my early 20s, when I was trying to get clear of, of who I was at that point, I walked into the therapist's office. I told him my name and started to talk. And then the tears started to flow. He sat on the floor, put me in his arms. And for 45 minutes, I just cried. And just the grief just poured out. And one of the greatest blessings of that aside from you know what i got from it at that time was that i learned how to hold another man mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so it's one of the things that when it's appropriate and when it's needed uh, when a man needs to express his grief i have absolutely no issue whatsoever having him sit in my arms and hold him just like a just like a baby boy you know yeah. would and stroke his hair and say you know uh, reassuring things to him yeah. without any fears of homophobia or of you know, any of that other stuff going on right 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 just just pure love yep i mean i my, my dad was always a hugger even though he didn't he wasn't couldn't speak his emotions. He was very uncomfortable speaking emotions. Mm -hmm. He showed his love by saying "I love you" and the big and the big hugs. It was always a hug. I I don't even ever remember shaking my dad's hand. 
Mm. And yeah, it's the beautiful. same happens with my boys now. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a hugger, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some. Well, about I've it, man. I've taught my brothers, uh, my adult brothers, how to hug, and the rest awesome. of my family and my sons. I I now have five sons. My my uh, wife had two sons, so we have oh, wow. we have we have five boys together, awesome. uh, and uh, hug them all. You know? Yep, of course, of course. So tell me about some of the some of the work you're doing now. Yeah, or that transition uh, out of corporate or whatever you you think the audience might learn from. Yeah, growth. yeah. Well, I realized that the the group facilitation and all the coaching tools and everything that I had, um, I could you know launch my own business and and do that uh, on my own. So, um, uh, I started uh, doing with. Um, like retreat like groups because right. I, I really love the in-person uh and and having a circle of men uh witnessing a man's transformation is incredibly powerful mm -hmm. and there's no way for shame to live uh in a in a group of men uh, and you know if a man is looking down and feeling shameful and all i suggest that he tip his head up open his eyes and look into the eyes of the men around the circle and and uh that it it, it like it shines a light on that dark place and it's not able to exist anymore so a lot of the work that i do now one-on-one -on -one is you know unfortunately it's on zoom um but i still do the same kind of work with individual men uh where what we're really working at doing is trying to change behavior on the surface but in order to do that what we're looking at is what is the underlying negative thought forms and things that have been telling myself for much of my life probably mostly unconsciously mm -hmm. but getting at what those are what we call the shadow beliefs mm -hmm. and shining a light on those shadows claiming the value and the gifts that they've actually given us because the the when we developed them it was for a good reason it was to survive it was to right. feel loved it was to you know feel reassurance right. they no longer serve in fact they get in the way so we have to you know dig down resurface those shine a light on them and then use the processes to help them reverse that thinking which is usually around affirmations right. and then using those to uh to to build new synapses in the brain uh, that go into the positive direction instead of the negative direction well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because the majority of our population does not believe that we can we can control we do control our own brain our brain's a tape recorder, right? And it's got these recordings. And yeah. you're, you're helping men uh, create new tapes. And yeah, yeah. I don't think of it as controlling your brain. I think of it as managing. Managing. There is hardwiring in the brain that you cannot yeah. control. It right, just, right. the synapses are so strong and so right. deep. Yeah, it's, like if, it's like if it's like if my water glass starts to fall off the counter, I can't not reach out and and grab it. Right, right, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> you no, know? I, yeah, no, absolutely. And so, you know, and and the all those uh, all those uh, you know neurons that they're they're, in, they're deep there. The, the longer that we've telling ourselves about negative stuff, they get stronger and stronger. Right. So yes, and so right. obviously it takes longer to uh, you know try to replace those yeah positive. yeah 
It, it, it takes a long time. It's like in AA, they say, well, you, you know, how, how many years did you drink? And I said, well, about 15. Well, you know, you can expect about 15 years of, yeah. of recovery, you know, to, to, to uh, get out of that. Right. Um, you know, if you've been telling yourself that you're unworthy for 60 years or 40 years or yeah. 20 years, right. um, it doesn't just disappear overnight. And what I think of it is, um, is you have to reinforce the positive so much mm -hmm. that the negative starts to atrophy. Yes. Yeah. Because any energy you put on trying to stop the negative belief makes it stronger. Absolutely. Any energy whatsoever going in that direction. So you simply have to notice it, breathe, and then tell yourself the positive. Yep. And that that ignoring of the just like if you had a cast on your arm for a broken bone if you left it on for long enough you know all the muscles just atrophy underneath Absolutely. so leaving it alone is what allows that negative to atrophy yeah go it, away it does, yeah the, the goal is to have it not grow we don't want that yeah. growing anymore yeah yeah so. yeah give it give it no energy whatsoever Absolutely. so that's a lot of the work that i'm doing with men uh so it's it's around uh, what I use is the the doorway of looking at a man's um, degree of integrity in his okay. life. I think integrity is a great portal, uh, a, a peep uh, into the box to see where, uh, you know, are you telling the little white lies? Where are you telling yourself negative beliefs? Where are you uh, punching in your time card, you know, early when you shouldn't be? You know, when are you telling your kids you'll be home for their ball game and end up, you know, staying late at work instead or going to the bar on your way home right. or any of those things? And having the courage to list out and look at what are those places where I'm out of integrity and then take them through a, a cyclical process of looking at each one of those and finding out what's the underlying belief that causes that behavior. Right. Uh, oh, I love, I mean, the, the, the core, yeah, the core issues to there's too many things masking symptoms nowadays and mm -hmm. not diving deep into the core reason why we have those symptoms. So very happy you yeah. are, are are doing this uh, yeah. for yourself and for and for other men, William. So I want to. I got two final questions I want to ask you. The first okay. one is: You're sitting down with seven to ten year old William, and you want to give him advice on life. What are you going to tell him? Mm. You are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. And there's nothing you need to do to be loved or to be lovable. And you don't need to please anyone to be loved. Wow. Oh, thank you. That that was wonderful. Oh, okay, so you put on. <laughs> wow. Are you gonna you're gonna start crying now? Hit me, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So now yeah. you. I, I I felt uh, I called yeah, angel. I, I got goose, angel. I, angel, angel, I call yeah, them I, angel angel bumps. Angel bumps. I got angel bumps. Yeah. All right. So you're, now you're sitting with young William, the businessman entrepreneur, and you want to give him some solid, helpful business advice. What are you going to tell him? Mm -hmm. 
well, it's kind of a cliche, you know, maintain the, the work-life balance because having money and getting to the top of the mountain um, is really empty if you don't have, you know, your life and your soul and your family, you know, along with you. But I think the two biggest things I think are important is find a trusted group of conscious men who can compassionately support and challenge you. You know, doing doing this work is best done in the safe confines of a group. So Google a men's group in your area, find MKP, you know, any any place where you can sit with men and be real. You know, the name of my business is Men Getting Real. And so you need to be able to be authentic in your life. And that's where freedom comes from, you know, freedom of choice, freedom of non-reactivity and being able to response, respond ably which is what responsibility is um so find a group of men the other is find a mentor or a coach um you know typically an older man who's been through the fire yes you know not just somebody who's been successful and risen to the top but look for a man who's been through the fire mm -hmm. and he has a blend of wisdom and humility love that i absolutely love that so, William, with this conversation, uh, the audience is going to want to get want to get more of you. How how will we find you? Um, two easy ways. One is uh, go to mensfreedomformula.com. Just those three words all run together. Mensfreedomformula.com. And it'll give you an opportunity to download a nine-page e-guide. Um, that's called Take Charge of Your Life. Um, it's what gets in your way and three uh, powerful steps for getting what you want. So uh, go go to mensfreedomformula.com. Uh, the other would be to uh, email me directly. Uh, it's william at mengettingreal.com. And what I like to do is uh, I, I offer to men who listen to this, uh, you know, a half an hour totally free um, contact me we'll set up a, a call uh and we can talk and uh, i'll do whatever i can in that half hour and you can find out whether or not uh, you like what you know how i work and possibly uh, do some more work with me after that but um william at mengettingreal.com that's great william thank you for for coming on i'm i'm grateful you're in my life and uh and uh, you and I will, will work on building building this yeah. community stronger. Yeah. So thank, thank you, you for Drew. everything you do. Uh, I look I look forward to more. Uh, I appreciate the connection with you, and good to know that you're out there um, supporting men in this way as well. So thank you for your work. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. All right, William. Have a wonderful day, and thank you, everybody. Be with you. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.